I couldn't sleep at all last night Welcome all you sunrisers and moonrisers to Sleepless in Studio City, a safe place for discussing what's keeping your mind, body, and spirit from sweet, sound slumber. Your host, Dr. Debs, a celebrated columnist, lauded love, romance, relationship, and dating coach, offers simple, soothing solutions and heartfelt help. Dr. Debs will discuss topics such as finding and keeping the love you deserve, dating, marriage, parenting, setting boundaries, breaking the cycle, breaking up, following your dreams. We respect your privacy and will not reveal names or contact info. If you'd like your questions answered during a show but are hesitant to call in, please feel free to write Dr. Debs at sleeplessinstudiocity at gmail.com and she will address your concerns on the next broadcast. You can also find updates and weekly affirmations on Facebook slash Sleepless in Studio City. And now, without further ado... Here's Dr. Debs. Thank you, Zach, for that energizing introduction. Always a pleasure and honor to be here with all you night owls for another exciting, enchanting episode of Sleepless in Studio City. Stay tuned for our magical musical interlude. I'll be presenting... An astonishing, acclaimed, awesome artist (laughs) here in a heartfelt interview revealing the meaning of music in their life. Advice for aspiring talents. What they believe is the key to finding and keeping love. And much, much more. You won't want to miss this. I was thinking about post-traumatic growth. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. I love the sound of that concept. Post-traumatic growth. (laughs) Another term for finding the silver lining looking at the glass half full instead of half empty, the choice of complaining that the rose bush has thorns or rejoicing that the thorn bush has roses. You can say it any way you want. (laughs) It all comes down to the same bowl of wax. (laughs) A trauma can be a motivator, a wake-up call, An opportunity to peel more layers, becoming the blossoming, blooming, beautiful flower you're meant to be. That's the reason why there can be several siblings in one family, and each experiences the same trauma, but with different results. (laughs) Hence, it's more than just what happens to us. It's what we do with what we're given, even physically. We're all given a shape and size. We might not like it, but we can do our best. We can wear clothes that accentuate 
our figure. We can have a hairdo that works best with the shape of our face. We can even find a career that suits our disposition. I always wonder why somebody who has an anger problem is up front working on serving customers. <laughs> Please do not apply for a customer service position if you can't hold your tongue, your rage, and your frustration. <laughs> That should be on the form for employment. What do you do when you get angry? That also should be on the form when you're taking prospects for a relationship. <laughs> I always ask someone at the beginning, what do you do when you're angry? Find out ahead of time. If you're with a rager that uses words as weapons, their hands as weapons, or even the passive-aggressive withholding, the silent treatment, <laughs> just as deadly as overtness. <laughs> what have you chosen during COVID? Have you counted your blessings and sought the silver lining? Or are you still suffering? and finding it difficult to dig yourself out of the quicksand. What will you do today with what the universe has presented to you? It's not a one-time deal. It's a daily commitment. Just like if you want to keep an intimate, loving relationship in your life, you've got to say each day, I recommit to staying and being a loving partner, wife, husband, mother, daughter, father, son, employer, employee. <laughs> Today, I commit to another day of love, compassion, kindness, patience, tolerance, and forgiveness. It's not enough to say your wedding vows or have a ring on your finger. I've always been flabbergasted how someone can survive the death of a child or a parent or a loved one or even a pet. Yet I've witnessed these people, these heroes, these courageous men and women come out of the darkness with even more radiance and luminosity than ever before. They're glowing. I don't get it. Maybe that's the holy grail, the key to happiness. Not what we have or what we acquire or what we strive for but how we get back up one more time after we've been knocked out. K-O, a knockout. <laughs> we've all been knocked out, some more than others. It doesn't matter how many times. I used to ask my dad, what do you want for your birthday or for Father's Day? Since he was difficult to please and seemed to have everything material. <laughs> Aren't all our parents difficult to please at one time or another? He would just say to me, I just want you to be happy. I had no idea what he was talking about. Are you serious? What does that mean? It still behooves me today. I have no clue what happiness means. Ergo, I spiel to you <laughs> in hopes that more will be revealed. The one thing I've discovered is that in helping others, 
and being vulnerable, I end up getting in touch with the authentic me, which is always the place I find the most peace, the most bliss, the most calm in the eye of the storm. What a theory. I've often imagined myself in the center of the storm, that eye. <laughs> and they call it the eye for a reason, because you can see it's like the third eye, where your spiritual self and your intellectual self come together, where you can grok what you need to grok. I imagined I was in the eye of the storm, because the storm is what was going on around me growing up. The hurricane, the tornado. People raging at me and each other. Whew. Was happy to know I could go down in the basement, in the cellar, when I had to protect myself from the outside hurricane and tornado growing up in the Midwest. Wish I knew how to protect myself from the tornadoes and hurricanes of the rageaholics around me then and now. <laughs> Today, I seek the I by searching inside of myself. Not going to find it out there. It's in there, not out there. I have a new pair of glasses. I look at my side of the street, not yours. I look at the three fingers pointed back at me. Albeit I've spent most of my life focusing on you, what you were doing or not doing, saying or not saying, which was hurtful or not hurtful, which was about me. Or not about me, since nothing's about me, but everything's about me and my magical thinking. We're just mirrors for each other to reflect. I see greatness in you, which means there must be greatness in me. Ha! <laughs> That's hard to say, especially to admit that on the air and not feel like I'm bragging. That's what they used to say. Don't brag. <laughs> Don't be conceited. Today I found... <laughs> That's the very thing I need to do, is tell myself I'm okay, I'm good enough, I have enough, I do enough, I am enough. That very thing that irritates us the most in someone else is the exact thing we need to work on to be our best selves, to evolve, to emerge, to grow, to grow, to grow, to the sky, <laughs> to be the bean stalk, to climb, to soar to open our wings and fly. The world is our oyster. My modus operandi has always been, look at me, look how young I am, priding myself on not only looking 10 years younger, but acting 20 years younger. I won't grow up, I will never go to school, nor learn to be a parrot and recite the golden rule. I was never going to be a parrot. I never did what the sheep did never wanting to be one in the flock. If everyone was doing that, you won't find me there. <laughs> I was the innovator, the avant-garde, eclectic, one of a kind, who would start the fad, and once it became mainstream, I said sayonara. <laughs> you can all read my book, Call Me Curious, to hear of all the instances of the things I did first and to have everyone follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road, or my other MO, which is, I will follow him, follow him wherever he may go. <laughs> yes, today, my aim is to follow my heart, and you guys all help me. This is a dream come true, to be able 
to spiel, spiel, spiel. <laughs> Check it out. I'm going to have a survey to find out how to spell that word spiel. There's three ways. Let me know by emailing me at sleeplessinstudiocity at gmail.com and telling me which spelling you like the most. Here's the choices. Spiel, S-P-I-E-L, or Spiel, S-H-P-I-E-L, or Spiel, S-C-H-P-I-E-L. <laughs> it's a survey. I'm taking a poll. So please enter the prize. We'll be announcing you on the next episode. <laughs> and free complimentary counseling sessions. <laughs> Today, I find the gem and the treasure in slowing down. Slow down, you move too fast. It's time to make the morning last or the night last. And smell the roses. Rest in peace here and now with the gifts I've been given. I don't have to ignore my talents or compare them so I end up at the bottom of the heap. Speaking of which, how about not being the worst or the best, but just one of many? That flock. <laughs> I don't have to be terminally unique today. The highlighted word being terminal. <laughs> I want to be present with the presence of all of you. Being part of the herd. Yes, herd immunity. <laughs> Being immune from the herd, not allowing others to determine my space, my boundaries, my actions, my kindness, my creativity, my world. I'm the boss. I'm not the boss of you, just of me and my actions and my interpretation. I can use discernment. I can choose at any time to turn around my perception. I can change my black and white melodrama script into one that's full living technicolor. Woo! Follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> that's why the movie went from black and white to technicolor. I can be the change I want to see in the world today, starting in my own backyard. It begins with you. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to be the sweet, gentle, generous, real, real, real you? Take off that mask, not just the COVID mask, but the fake mask. It's okay to come out of hiding and pretending that you have to be perfect Pollyanna or perfect Paul. It's okay not to smile for the camera or smile for the camera. It's okay to be sad. Real sadness brings real smiles. They're connected. You can't have one without the other. <laughs> it's like coffee and cream or tea and crackers. The British tea. <laughs> real sadness brings real smiles. Fake smiles bring nothing but doom and gloom, separateness, disconnection, discombobulation. I want to belong to the human race today and join the flawed diamonds, the faux pas that turn out to be the miracles, the insecurities. I'm going to be part of that grand, grand opening or the grand, grand reopening 
or awakening or reawakening post-COVID. That re-entry anxiety I'm going to use (laughs) to give me the energy, the enthusiasm, the encouragement to shine, to be sublime, sterling, sensational, star-studded, superb. (laughs) You too can have a successful re-entry. It's like a rebirth. The world is your oyster right now, right here and right now, where all is well for your highest good and the highest good of all those you care about. And so it is. (laughs) Now it's time for our caller. Hello there. Welcome to Sleepless in Studio City. I'm (coughs) Dr. Debs. And who am I speaking with? Hi, Debs. Um, this is Lindsay. We spoke a couple of years ago. Well, hello, um, Lindsay. Welcome back. <laughs> hi. <laughs> it's nice to hear back um, to you. What's on your mind tonight? What's keeping you from sweet, soft slumber? <laughs> well, I thought I would give you a little bit of, of a follow-up and see, kind of just touch base with you about the same situation. We had talked about my mom the last time I called, and my mom is a Parkinson's patient. And um, I was struggling at that time for kind of like how to relate to her. And you were giving me some advice there. So we're now two years later and things have become much more complicated and, and things are worse with her health. And, you know, I'm just kind of on the road, you know, with, with you know, trying to be there for her and manage a lot of her medical stuff too and... Yeah, I just thought I'd kind of check in with you and see what your thoughts were these days. Well, thank you so much. That's so sweet, and my heart goes out to you. Do you have anyone helping you, or are you the only caregiver? Well, so my dad is her primary caregiver, her husband, and I I am there two to three times a week, but he does most of, like, the, the work. So I kind of come in and out, which is actually a good thing because I have some objectivity that he doesn't have. And I remember when we talked a couple years ago, we talked about how you can take care of yourself and things that you're doing for you so you can be the most loving daughter. Yeah, that. And also, you know, your advice to me was to focus on the love for her as opposed to, you know, trying to give her all the shoulds. You should this, you should that. You were like, stop shooting all over, all over her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my motto. Don't shoot on yourself. Yeah. I mean, I tend to want to kind of like control it and solve it and fix it. Right. In this case, it's not fixable. Is that correct? The doctors have said this is not fixable. It's progressive and this is what's going to happen. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Basically, you're being told by the universe that you don't have the power to do anything else except to love her. And I can hear that, how frustrating that is. I mean, the lack of control is a remarkable thing. I mean, it's really significant and horrible. Oh, I can feel it. You, I hear you, and I get chills right now because that's what... The pain is for the people on this side of the sickness mm-hmm. and the disease is just watching that. Have you ever 
talk to your mom about what it's like on her side? Um, she talks about <laughs> her side all the time. Um, she talks about it quite a lot. And, and yes, I have talked talk to her about her side. Yeah, it, it, she's terrified and incredibly anxious. She doesn't want to leave. You know, she says things like that, you know. I don't want to leave my family is something she says a lot. And these are hard things to hear someone say. Oh, that is a lot. I was literally breathless and speechless for a second rather than sleepless in Studio City, writing down the three things that you said and trying to keep from getting too teary-eyed. You said she's terrified. Absolutely terrified. You said she's incredibly anxious. And you said she doesn't want to leave her family. And as you were saying that, I got chills again. I was thinking about you. How so? I was thinking about you being terrified, you Mm -hmm. being incredibly anxious, Mm -hmm. and you wanting to be there for your family. Not necessarily leaving physically, but being there emotionally, spiritually. Well, I don't want to lose her. And That's uh, my well, side. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, yes, yes. I mean, honestly, the idea of losing my mom has always been a nightmare of mine. I mean, it's a child's nightmare. I mean, I think it's that's, it's common for a child to be afraid of that. Um, but that was a recurring kind of fear and sometimes nightmare of my childhood, you know, was to lose my mom. And that is, is still with me. Mm. You know, so yeah, I am terrified about that. Again, my heart goes out to you. I'm sending big hugs to you, just wrapping you in a bubble of light where only the good comes in. And I have chills the entire time because I can feel the universe hugging and holding you right now. And I think the light bulb that's going off for me is that nightmare that you're talking about when you were a child before your mom had Parkinson's. Uh What was that like? And what was that about? Because when we don't address that nightmare, it continues. I have a nightmare that I'm going to die that I've had since I was born, practically. I I couldn't even sleep at night because I was so afraid I was going to die that I didn't want to go to sleep because I didn't think I'd make it till the morning. So I'm wondering, and I'm still, hence my show called Sleepless (laughs) in Studio City, I'm still sleepless. (laughs) But that's why I'm wondering if you wanted to elaborate on that childhood nightmare. Um... Well, hmm. I, I, I don't remember specifics of it, but I do know that I was uh, often without my mom. Uh, you know, my mom was working full time. She was, you know, my parents were equal breadwinners. And from a very young age, you know, I was without my mom for long days and you know, when she would be home, she was busy. You know, she was very busy. Um, <clears throat> so I think I've always had a little bit of a sense of sort of needing her more than I could have her. Wow. And maybe maybe that was part of it, you know. So, you know, the sort of slivers that I did have were, you know, never quite enough. 
Right. Wow. You are so insightful. Thank you, <laughs> Lindsay. And on that note, because of your because question. <laughs> I feel you. I hear you. And on that note, we're going to take a brief station break and then come right back because this, to me, is the whole bowl of wax and the picture. And oh. I can just see you opening up, blossoming, and flourishing from this point on. So hang on to that thought. We'll be right back. Okay. The moment okay. you've been waiting for, our magical musical interlude featuring the stunning, sensational, stellar, sterling singer, Lorena Moreau. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Deborah. I so appreciate your having me on your show. It's an honor and pleasure. I wanted to start out by hearing a little bit about your history or her story, as I call it, and how you first found a passion in music. Well, truthfully, I think I was about six years old when I started singing. Um, I used to sing for my neighbors all the time, but I insisted that I would be behind a door in the dark and nobody could see me sing. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really funny, but luckily I've come out of that stage. <laughs> I'm glad you came out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, you know, I was by myself a lot when I was growing up because I was raised by my mother. Uh, and she was working all the time, of course, so um, I was left alone a lot of the time, and what I did was listen to music, listen to Nancy Wilson and Della Reese and Dinah Washington, Frank Sinatra, and I just used to sing all day by myself when I was there, so um, that's where it really started. And that's what I was going to ask you next, is who were some of your influences, but you answered that. Yeah, definitely Nancy Wilson. What do you recommend for aspiring artists? My number one recommendation is don't try to copy anybody else. Just put all your feeling into um, your singing and try to understand the lyrics that you're singing about. Now, see, I feel like I've lived long enough, <laughs> and, I, and I can relate to so many of the songs that I sing, but I think that's why I get so emotional sometimes when I sing. But my advice is don't copy anybody. Just do your own thing. Sing the way that you feel a song, the way that you feel the lyrics. I love that. Put your emotion in it. It's all about the lyrics, yeah. isn't it? It really is, definitely. <laughs> but even if you're singing a fun type of song, you know, you can still make it your own. So, thankfully, um, one time I did a show with, um, well, I did several shows with Shelley Markham, and he really got me to put a little bit of comedy in my shows, and he really opened me up as far as being, you know, connecting with an audience and looking at people. Like, I used to look above their heads. But, you know, now I can, you know, actually look at people's faces when I sing and just try to be funny. Try to be yourself. I love the tips. What's your favorite part <laughs> about performing live? Definitely um, when I'm singing, if the room is all of a sudden silent and I feel like I really connected with people. I'm very emotional on stage. I mean, you've seen me perform before. But if I know that I've struck a nerve, whether it be making somebody shed a tear or making somebody tap their feet on the floor or making them laugh, that's what it's all about for me. Oh, and if you've made a difference in the life of even one yes. person, it's so magical. And you do yes. that. You have a skill at connecting with people. So I really admire that about you. Thank you so much. And you know, it's funny because three people this in the last couple of days have, have messaged me and said, 
you inspire me to keep doing what I love to do. And that's so important to me that I do that for people. And we need each other to keep on going on. We need each other, yes. Especially during this pandemic, I couldn't keep going even with this radio show if I didn't have people like you, your encouragement and endearing enthusiasm. It means the world. Yes, it does. It really does. Speaking of meaning, what is the meaning of music in your life? Oh, God, Deborah. (laughs) 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 Now, (laughs) Now you're going to get me emotional again. But um, I really feel, especially during the last year and a half, that that was a lifesaver for me. Um, because other than the, the times when I got to see my kids, and it wasn't that often because they worked, but I was alone, you know, like so many people. Music is what kept me going. It's always been what's kept me going, but especially during this last year and a half. I hear Definitely. you. I would not have made it through without my jazz showcase and Benefit for the Innocence Project, which you are going to be featured on August 11th at, so I'm jazzed about that. And you have a new CD. I want to hear all about it and what tune you've chosen for us to hear tonight. Well, I think you're going to play Stairway to the Stars. Yes. This CD, it's funny because I originally thought to myself, you know, during this time, I'm just going to at least release a single. And then I talked to Steve Rollins, my musical director, and I said, okay, maybe two singles. And then I kept looking at my list of all the songs that I love, and there's a gazillion of them. And before I knew it, we had ten songs. (laughs) Oh, And Stephen oh. is the best. He's been on the show also. Oh, so. he's wonderful. Oh. He's just wonderful. The two of you are forced to be reckoned with. Well, thank you. And I, you know, it, it was really magical how we put this CD, CD together because we had one in-person rehearsal before we went into the studio. We did everything through text messages, voice messages, emails, phone calls. I would tell him, I want to do it this way, I want this tempo, this ending, this intro, and he would send me back a track, and I'd play with it, and I'd say yes or no, and we'd work on it, and that's the way we got the arrangements together. (gasps) Two masters, two masters at work. (laughs) We didn't even have a full band rehearsal before we went into the studio. And I told him, I said, are you sure, Steve? And he said, you're dealing with the best musicians. And I said, okay, you're right, you're right. And... Lo and behold, it was like magic. It was like magic. It's true. The top of the line. Who else was on the CD other than Steve Rollins? Uh, I have Jennifer Lightham on bass, Steve Pemberton on drums, Grant Geisman on guitar, Dr. Bobby Rodriguez on trumpet, and Ricky Woodard on uh, tenor sax. <gasps> and that... Oh. I know. It's just like the cream of the crop, right? I was just <laughs> going to say, you took the words right out of my mouth. La creme de la creme. Woo! Wow. Yes, I'm, I'm thrilled to have them all. And you know what? They were so loving and encouraging and supportive in the studio. And I feel like we all just mutually admired each other. Aww. So it was, it was just really an experience, oh. really. The Mutual Fan Society. And with that yeah. group of people, all I can say is gracious generosity with all of them, you included. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so excited. They're all going to be playing for my CD release show, too. So 
Oh, I'm very excited. That is wonderful. Well, this is a show about love, and speaking of loving people in your life, what do you feel is the key to finding and keeping love? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I was married for 27 years. For me, I thought it was a, like a storybook romance. But if I, it didn't last, unfortunately. But if I had to go back, I think the number one thing is to communicate. Oh. You know, say what's on your mind, just talk it out. And I think when you do, if you don't hold things inside, you know, then the other person can know what you're upset about or, or what you're happy about or anything, you know. So I think you just really need to keep those lines of communication open and just do nice things for each other all oh. the time. I love it. I say make sure you stay up to date with the dailies and never go to sleep being angry. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And without further ado, we're going to hear Lorena Moreau in... Airway to the Stars. All right. Take it away, Lorena. Bravo. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It would be heaven to climb to heaven with you. stars and climb that stairway to the stars with love beside us to fill the night with a song we'll hear the sound of violins out yonder where the blue begins the moon will guide us as we go drifting along Sail away on a lazy, lazy pedal Over the rim of the hill Can't we sail away on a little dream and settle High on the crest of a thrill Let's build a stairway to the stars A lovely stairway to the stars It would be heaven to climb to heaven with you To fill the night with a song 
drifting along Can't we sail away on a lazy, crazy pedal Over the rim of the hill Can't we sail away on a little dream and settle High on the crest of a thrill Let's build a stairway to the stars A lovely stairway to the stars It would be heaven To climb to heaven with you It would be heaven Yes, it would be heaven How great was that? Welcome back to the show, Lindsay. We were talking. Hi. <laughs> Hi. We were talking about the nightmare of losing your mom, not only currently, yeah. but previously when you were a child and she was working full time, which already is a loss from day one. That's a yeah. huge loss. And that's something we never get. Whatever that loss and separation is, we spend the rest of our lives trying to get that back. And my sense is some of the additional fear and terror is that you might never regain that loss of your mom, the emotional loss. Mm -hmm. We need our moms so much that, I don't know if you know this fact, but children can die if they're not held. At a really young age, they have research done in orphanages about children, babies, can literally die when they're not being held. And I think about that being held as more than just physically, Mm -hmm. but emotionally, mentally, psychologically, spiritually. And I just had a thought, oh my gosh, I'm smiling inside from head to toe. I just thought, what a great time right now for you to make up for that lost time. That your mom is here for you right now, really 100%. Even though she does have Parkinson's, the place where she is right now and where you are right now is 100%. You mean 100% available. Available of both of you. Something that you didn't have in the past. Right. That's true. It's a way to turn this around and look at the glass half full instead of that glass half empty and say, wow, I have my mom 100%. I can go see her anytime, even though it might not be what you imagine Mm -hmm. and what you wish for is your 100%. I know that I always had a different vision of what a mom meant or what 100% meant. Even when your mom was working full-time, you had 100% of her that she could give you at that time. But your needs were not met, and that makes sense. That's reasonable. Of course not. And that's totally understandable. But I'm wondering if right now you could envision that you are being held by your mom 100% right now of what she has to give you in this moment. Okay, I, well, first of all, I really, I'm really, it's really resonating the idea of kind of having a healing experience through this with her. And also, at the same time, 
what she gives to me is a lot of her anxiety and fear. So, for example, she doesn't sort of mother me or kind of give me a lot of her care. I, I find that she's ungiving. And that, again, and a great insight, how that comes across to me is in you loving and mothering her, you mm-hmm. will receive that back tenfold. Mm-hmm. It's in the giving that we receive. I know as a parent, I'm going to get a little emotional again, but I never got any mommying or mothering from my parents, yet in giving it to my daughter, I cannot tell you how filled up I get. That's all I want to do because I get back so much. It's so fulfilling. It's so rewarding. And I literally wake up in the morning and think, okay, my purpose on the planet today is to be a loving mom to my daughter. I get so much peace from that. And I'm thinking, you have that. I hear that in you, that all you want to do is be a loving daughter. And you are. You called into the show. You already are an amazingly loving daughter. I am (laughs) honored to know you. Like, I get chills just thinking how lucky your mom is. And also, we don't fall far from the nest. So even though your mom wasn't there for you, You haven't fallen far from the nest. It's in her because it's in you. Mm. And you have it. Again, it's about the perspective. Rather than waiting to receive it, when you give it, you Mm -hmm. will be getting it. It's like giving, giving. My dad used to say, to be in a loving relationship, you have to give 99% of the time. And I say 100% of the time. I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people that keep score. And they're Uh like, okay, I'm not going to give to you because I didn't get that. My mom used to write down what people gave her as a present and how much it cost so that she knew when it was time. And she used to say to me, what did they get you? Because I have to get their kids something. How much did it cost? Where was it? What? I mean, that kind of score, but there's also the emotional score, which is, you know, you smiled at me, I'll smile back, but I'm not going to be the first to smile. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> Thank you so much for being so forthcoming about that and saying I don't like that. Because that <laughs> is authentic and that is the key to get to the other side. To recognize and acknowledge I don't want to do that. Yes. I want you to be my mommy. I need you to be my mommy. I am not going to be the first one to hug. Mm. It's okay to not want to do it. Just act as if. Think of the most loving person you know, or even the image of someone, a celebrity, or someone you've seen in a movie playing a part, and say to yourself, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to be like her. I'm going to emulate her. Mm -hmm. She's somebody I want to be like. Think of a loving person on a mom show, <laughs> some TV show. I, some I have somebody in my mind. It's so silly, but I immediately got someone in my mind when you said that. Okay. You could be that person because it's like trying to be that person until you want to be that person. Mm-hmm. You don't have to want to be that person. I don't always wake up and go, okay, I want to be the most loving. I just have to remind myself all the time. You are helping me right now, Lindsay, because now How? I can go out 
and be a loving mom to my daughter, even if I don't want to be, or even if I'm tired, or even if I want the nurturing, or do you know what I'm saying? You're motivating me. Okay, there you go. It's not something you say to yourself once and then you're done. It's an mm-hmm. affirmation you could use. I don't know if that's something you it's like do. It's a practice. It's a practice. And we mm-hmm. can come up with an affirmation right now. Okay. If you're willing, we can come up with an affirmation using your own words. And it could be something you could say to yourself in the morning, in okay. the afternoon, in the evening, before you go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have something in mind? It? Because you sound very wise and aware. <laughs> so I'm going to let oh, you okay, start I'm it. I'm such a good act. Well, there you go. If you're a good actress, you'll be able to do this and be a loving daughter, which in turn will make you a loving human being, which in turn will help you attract the love into your life. If you know anything or believe in the law of attraction, you put out what you want to attract. So you will attract other loving people when you give the love. Okay. So something about maybe related to... Something that involves, an affirmation that involves being in the present moment and giving and receiving love and and, and nothing about her condition. (laughs) I like that. That's great. And I also meant to say before, when you were talking about your mom and that she goes on and on about her ailment, that would be a good time to set a boundary and use that affirmation so that she can talk about those things, but it doesn't penetrate through you. And right, you can put I up that find big. Aggravated. Right, that's not helpful to her or to you. You could put up that big bubble I talked about before, where only the good comes in, and let the negativity bounce right back out. And in order to do that while she's talking, this is a tool that I learned a long time ago about the telephone. If somebody's spewing their negativity to you on the telephone, you can hold your hand over the mouthpiece and hold the phone away so you're not hearing the negativity, but then you start affirming yourself and saying, I'm a beautiful person. I am capable. I am confident. I love myself. I'm up to the top. You know, and just be repeating these while the person's going off. And then when they're done, you can come back and go, oh, thank you for sharing, (laughs) you know, or whatever. So this is the same kind of practice. I encourage you to use that the next time your mom, because she will, start going into her ailments. You can literally start saying the affirmation to yourself. Right here and right now, I am pure love. Right here and right now, I give and receive unconditional love. Right here and right now, I am a vessel to give love. Right here and right now, I am pure perfection, pure love inside and out from head to toe. I am beaming full to the brim with love, love, love. Uh, You could start singing. All you need is love. But (laughs) do you know what I'm saying? And so that that that. negativity doesn't penetrate you. And this is a great tool to use anywhere, anytime with anyone. Yes, I love that. That's true. Which is another blessing. This time with your mom is going to turn out to be the biggest blessing in your life ever. Really? Oh, my gosh. 
I see it now. It's happening right before your eyes. You are becoming so much pure love and light in the universe. You are enfolding as the most beautiful, blossoming, flourishing flower that existed. There isn't even a name for the flower, Lindsay. It's the lotus, luscious, luminous Lindsay. It's happening now. I feel it. Oh I see God. it. You, Thank you so much. Wait, you are gorgeous. And I encourage you to call back again and don't wait years. Please call <laughs> back sooner and let us know how it goes because you have not only helped me, but anybody who is privileged to hear this. So thank you. Thank you so, so much. And I hope that helps you get some sweet, soft, soothing slumber. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye now. Bye. We have a write-in question from Maxwell in Lake Tahoe. (laughs) I just found out a good friend of mine passed recently from depression leading to a heart attack. I'm worried I could follow in her footsteps because I've been majorly depressed since COVID began and I also have heart issues. Any advice on how to prevent further damage? I'm not ready to leave the world. (laughs) Dear Maxwell, thank you so much for your candor, honesty, and heartfelt reaching out. I applaud your bravery and feel like you're already on your way to healing just by your courage to ask for help. That's a huge step in healing the body, mind, and spirit. All disease which can be explained as disease stems from more than just a physical cause. That's why someone can die from a broken heart, literally and figuratively. Unfortunately, in civilization today, depression and mental illness is still stigmatized and shame-based. Talking about emotional despair and devastation is taboo. As a matter of fact, it's considered a sign of weakness, a character defect, so most people are loath to express any fear, pain, sadness. It's a vicious cycle because these sort of sicknesses can only be healed when they're brought to the surface and not kept hidden. We're sick as our secrets. It's like when they speak about the hidden heart disease. That's what I'm referring to because depression is a disease of the heart spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. It is the hidden heart disease. I'm not even sure which comes first, the chicken or the egg, the physical ailment or mental, emotional duress and angst. Either way, it's adamant for our survival that we come out of hiding, that we come out vis-a-vis depression. I'm convinced that's the deeper esoteric existential meaning behind the COVID pandemic. We're being forced to come face to face with our inner selves, our inner demons, our inner glory. Inner is the key here. It's an inside job as I always purport the solution to whatever ails us. In other words, Maxwell, it would behoove you to continue on the path you've started by coming out to me and discover the source of your woe. Emerge out of denial. Move from the dark to the light. That's the optimum way to prevent body damage. Just like a medical doctor will prescribe meds to lower your cholesterol, prevent diabetes, heart attacks, strokes. (laughs) Dr. Debs is here to prescribe a way to cure your internal agony, torture, heartbreak, wretchedness. I know for sure 
Absolutely, this in turn will cure your outer aching, soreness, throbbing, stinging, shooting, stabbing, pains, cramps, discomfort, irritation, tenderness, wherever it may rear its ugly head. Talk about your depression, Maxwell, your suffering, your sadness, your sorrow, your unhappiness, grief, distress, desolation, via dolorosa. Talk to a safe confidant. That's the first step to relieve the torment, heartache, and misery. And you don't have to wait till it's major heart disease. It can be just a little pang, a little discomfort. Lower. Don't raise your threshold for pain. Lower, lower, lower it. <laughs> and you'll be on your way. I'm rooting for you, Maxwell. Please feel free to write back and let us know how it goes or call into the show and we can discuss in further detail. Give yourself permission to be real. Take off your mask, your stoicism to rise to the occasion. You're up to the task, Maxwell. You've already got everything you need to conquer your ailments, your soul sickness, your disorders, your afflictions, maladies, infirmity, the virus that's consuming you from head to toe, inside and out. Whatever condition your condition is in <laughs> will be the very thing that can free you from the bondage you've been in. Kudos to you, my dear friend Maxwell. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have. Tune in nightly at 9 p.m. Pacific Time and Midnight Eastern Time to AmericanHeartsRadio.com for another enlightening episode of Sleepless in Studio City. Dr. Debs, deemed the new relationship guru, a West Coast Dr. Laura, and East Coast Carrie Bradshaw, provides comforting heartfelt help. She will lift your spirits, illuminate your mind, inspire creativity, promote positivity, and empower you to pursue your highest aspirations. You deserve to be the best version of yourself. If you'd like to be a guest caller, featured artist, or have your writing question answered on the show, feel free to contact Dr. Debs at sleeplessinstudiocity at gmail.com, and she'll schedule you for the next opening. For replay links, updates, and affirmations, please visit facebook.com slash sleeplessinstudiocity or twitter.com slash drdebs. Find full episodes on iTunes. You can also listen to five-minute excerpts on YouTube while watching a soothing, serene slideshow. Dr. Debs is available around the clock for telephone life coaching sessions, and the first consultation is free. Contact her at sleeplessinstudiocity at gmail.com to arrange an appointment at your convenience. Dr. Debs will impart weekly wows, words of wisdom, and leave you with esteem builders and confidence boosters to help you transform from the inside out. Repeat often. Say them in the morning, in the evening, while driving, standing in line, or on a lunch break. Speak with conviction, and you will begin to believe. Without further ado, here's Dr. Debs. Thank you, Maxie, for that warm, sincere closing. You are a light in my life. You give me hope to carry on. You are the reason for the season, the gift that keeps on giving. I could go on and on ad infinitum. I am the luckiest parent on the planet. I don't know why I won the lottery and the golden ticket, but I'm eternally grateful every second, every minute of every day. I leave you with these words of wisdom from 
Abraham Hicks. Every time you praise something, every time you appreciate something, every time you feel good about something, you are telling the universe. More of this, please. More of this, please. <laughs> Check this out. The word appreciate, according to Merriam-Webster, not Google, <laughs> means, one, to grasp the nature, worth, quality, or significance of, to value or admire highly, to recognize with gratitude, and two, to increase the value of. Woo! Okay. Hold on to that thought and one more. I invite you today to stop and smell the proverbial roses. Whether you acknowledge your postal carrier, your coffee maker, a pencil eraser, or even something as seemingly commonplace as gravity, take the time to appreciate each person or thing for the value added to your life, including and not limited to yourself. Moi! <laughs> Be sure to spend that time appreciating qualities or attributes about yourself so that you may rise to the occasion even more. Here's the affirmation. Today and every day, I appreciate all the gifts I am given, all my external and internal senses that allow me to appreciate my life and to appreciate spirit. Woo! <laughs> Peace out. After midnight, we're going to let it all hang out. After midnight, we're going to let it all hang out. I see. After midnight, we're going to let it all hang out.